Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Dierdo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Brad Reimer, Chief Information Officer at Sanford Health. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Now, I know we have a lot to dive into. There's so much happening in health IT, and particularly at Sanford, I know just some really great initiatives over digital transformation. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, so like you mentioned, uh, I have the privilege of serving as the Chief Information Officer at Sanford Health. Uh, We are the largest rural health system um, in the U.S. We're headquartered out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, serve roughly a million and a half to two million patients. Uh, We also have a health plan as part of our system with about 200,000 lives um, that we manage in that. And then um, also have a a pretty expansive um, network of medical centers. So in our rural footprint, we've got a four major hubs of medical centers in our larger uh, cities, but then 40 other um, smaller critical access hospitals and community hospitals um, across the three-state area that covers about uh, 250,000 square miles. So it's about a geography the size of Texas. Um, Sanford has about 2,800 physicians and APPs. Um, And then we also have a uh, pretty substantial footprint of senior care locations with the Good Samaritan Society. Um, So that covers about another 150 locations. And then we've been fortunate enough to have um, a global presence with uh, world clinics in nine different countries. So um, it's a really exciting uh, organization and uh, a lot of variety that um, the technology teams that I am able to work with every day um, have the privilege of supporting. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, fun, and exciting time, like you said. That's fantastic to hear. And, and what a huge coverage area. I hadn't realized that you were um, had expanded so much and were so sprawling there at Sanford. Um, you know, when you think about just uh, how much uh, you have to deal with, I'm sure, within those coverage areas, um, whether it's, you know, a little bit more rural or more urban, um, how do you keep all that straight and just make sure that you are tailoring the um, technology strategy and approach to whatever region, I guess, whatever that region needs? Yeah, so, I mean, our, our history and our legacy is supporting rural America. So it, it's really just the way we've grown up. It's what we know. It's where we live. It's where our families live. And, you know, so it, it definitely has that smaller town family type of a feel, both for the interaction and relationships that we have with our patients, but then also for um, our caregiver community and just all of the other staff and employees um, of the Sanford system. So you definitely feel that when you come into our system, when you walk into our hospitals and our clinics, and it's something we pride ourselves on. Um, but it does definitely have, uh, it provides a little different twist on the way we think about some of the technology solutions. So virtual care, for example, um, is much more tailored to um, somebody that's truly a long distance away and how are we able to provide that level of personal relationship, um, but also get it so they're not having to drive 250 miles in for some type of a routine visit that we could do. So we're taking some of those technologies and as we think about remote patient monitoring, um, we think about extending that into the rural communities 
um, as much as we do for the populations that are in um, some of our hub cities. So it, it's got a, a little different flavor to it, but uh, I think it's pretty common with the same level of care and level of sophistication and technology advancement that you would see in any major metro. Got it. That's great to hear. Now, you know, given that really feel for the small town America and, you know, caring for rural healthcare populations, what are some of the big opportunities that you see right now, as well as the headwinds you have your eye on? Yeah, so I think as everybody, you know, in healthcare is talking about, it's, there's a lot of great new technology out there that everybody wants to take opportunity um, and, and get the opportunity with and be able to extend that to our patients. But everybody's got a lot of these these financial headwinds, staffing shortages, all those types of things that are they're kind of right in front of our our face. So Stanford's been pretty intently focused on what are those solutions and those new digital opportunities that we can implement that really have multiple value streams. So it's got to be something that is first and foremost, going to be seen as a value to our patients and as something that is going to improve their experience. But then also we know within the healthcare financial economy right now, we have to change the way that we're doing the business of healthcare. So it also needs to be really smart from an economic standpoint and making sure that we can drive down cost of healthcare um, and those types of things. So we're really focused on things that um, are going to hit both of those value streams, uh, but also we switched more to iterative value capture. So we want to see that value captured really early on in an initiative and then iteratively build that value and expand it over time rather than kind of that traditional big bang waterfall approach. Got it. Wow, that's fascinating to to think through and definitely, you know, a great strategy. Um, it seems like that has served you well. Now, um, like you said, I, I know there's a lot of challenges in, in being able to build that into, you know, what your digital technology and strategy is. How do you add value to the organization um, as you're, I know, thinking about growth as well as Stanford has definitely been um, in the news a lot in terms of wanting to connect with other health systems, um, you know, in, in mergers and acquisitions and those kinds of things. And so I just love to hear your perspective on ways that the um, IT and digital technology space is really adding a lot of value to the overall organization. Yeah. So for Stanford, I'll talk about it as um, not the technology leader, but just as a Stanford leader to start. And our growth strategy really is, I would say, down two, two primary paths. Um, one we've been doing for a long time, and that is with our mission of being the premier rural health provider in the U.S., part of that is just sustaining rural health care. And there's a lot of these small hospitals that are at risk for closing just from a can they provide um, the right staffing and the right physicians, um, just the right economic model to keep something in a, um, in a small town? So we've really doubled down on uh, our Connect program where we are extending out the capabilities of our EMR and our HR systems and supply chain to these other smaller hospitals that aren't able to uh, maybe have the staff to provide those solutions um, themselves. And we provide that at a, a pretty economical price for them to where we can keep that hometown hospital and not have to have them be an acquired facility as part of Stanford. Um, but they get the benefits of being in the same communities that we are um, and be able to leverage some of the specialties and hire uh, 
higher specialized care that we can provide if they need to, um, you know, advance a patient to that. The other side of the spectrum is, uh, you know, partnering with other uh, sizable health systems. And when we explore health systems that are, are in larger metros, uh, for example, it's like, okay, well, how does that help rural health? The, the more exposure that we get, the broader physician base that we have access to, the more specialties that we have access to, now through virtual care and, and more advanced um, care techniques, we can expand those, those more specialized care pieces to the whole footprint, regardless of what their zip code is. And it may be a specialty that you can only get and find in a metro, but when we can extend that through virtual care, that's really uh, providing um, quite a bit additional access and coverage for our rural communities. Got it. I, I think that's fascinating to hear. And I know for some of that, it's certainly, um, you know, looking at what the technologies can do. And on the other side, um, just really making sure the policies and procedures are in place and, you, you know, you're, you're able to right. um, have the flexibility to do that. So, you know, in, in connecting with um, your executive team and really pushing forward some of those ways that you can support the rural healthcare and those institutions and making sure that people have access to care. What are those conversations like? What do you, um, really hearing from the larger team in, in, in some of the trends um, that are coming out of, of that space, whether it's some of the policy issues or challenges and, um, you know, how are you addressing them? Yeah, so I can talk to that in a, a few different areas. So in that example that I gave prior to where with our Connect partners, we're able to extend some of those solutions. A lot of time we are partnering very closely with them on regulatory standards and the way that we implement um, some of the new regulations and requirements and quality tracking and all that type of stuff within the EMR. So we are having conversations with them to ensure that the workflows that we put in place are going to work for a hospital that maybe has a census actually less than zero per or less than one per day, but also can be in a health system that has, uh, you know, 400 beds occupied um, at a given time. So there is a lot of discussion around making sure that our solutions can span both the smallest of the small as well as um, a metro-based uh, you know, health center. So that, that does bring in a little bit different dynamic. Uh, you know, other regulatory-wise, um, I think everybody's talking about what is the re reimbursement model going to look like as we continue to advance more things through virtual care and different types of visits and different types of um, proactive health maintenance with patients and what's the reimbursement model going to look like for remote patient monitoring and those types of things that it becomes truly a value for both for both the, the Sanford organization and more so for the patients to be able to get them back home sooner, um, especially when they're, you know, literally a couple hundred miles away from their their family and and that type of thing. It, it's that more important in rural to be able to get people back home sooner, but do that in a an extremely high quality way, and in a way where they probably actually have better outcomes, having some of that recovery time at home rather than a, you know a hospital kind of institution setting. So we are we're looking at and and advocating with regulators and legislatures uh, to make sure that that type of experience doesn't have um, you know, 
more political headwind than it should or more oversight headwind than it should and allow us to really leverage the value of these technologies because they're things that, that can be really meaningful for patients um, and can also be a real advantage for the, the business of healthcare on the back end of that as well. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And thank you so much for your work that you're doing there. I know as someone who grew up in, in Iowa and very, very familiar with rural America, it's just amazing that um, to see how far things have come and, and really being able to serve those communities well. Now, as you've mentioned, um, you know, in looking at where we're at, um, some of the headwinds, the challenges, um, whether it's financially and in, in other um, things that are hitting organizations across the country, I, I know all resources are precious within the healthcare space and especially healthcare dollars. So when you think about, um, you know, what you want to do to continue to grow and develop, what is one risk or investment that's still worth making this year? Uh, you know, there's a... There's a lot of answers I want to say of you know opportunities and risks that are that are worth taking. I think it does with the financial climate and with the scarcity of dollars and having to be um, you know just more prudent on where you're putting those. I mean, healthcare's always been good at making sure that there's there's not just a lot of waste in um, implementing solutions that aren't going to bring a value, but this really is honed into those ones that can bring more immediate and immediate value. And there are some really good solutions and technologies out there that, um, like I've said before, truly are that win-win for the patient and the health system. So whether that's providing a more fluid and better patient experience for um, a visit registration and that patient intake process that is a great experience for the patients where the information is pre-filled and it's not something they're having to enter in four different times, um, you know, along the journey. But then that also saves and is an efficiency factor for us on um, on the health on the the health provider side of things. And there's some really also some great things happening in computer vision and the combination of AI that are going to provide um, that different level of care and sophistication within the inpatient setting that's going to be a burden lifter for our nurses, but also provide a more connected and better experience for the patients in those rooms. And those technologies will improve quality by, by identifying fall risks and those types of things sooner um, and being able to send alerts out. It's also able to provide a different level of remote monitoring to where the, the nurses have a better sense of when they do and don't need to be going in um, the patient room and can be making those, those times that they are in the patient room more meaningful and with less technology in between them and the patient. And those are the types of solutions and technologies that when we say the way we do healthcare needs to change for the future, that that is going to change the flow within, you know, a hospital wing or a floor and help our, our nurses and our caregivers be able to provide the personal touch that they want, less in documentation, um, less burdened in terms of uh, you know, being able to do more with, uh, with the staff that they have on the floor um, on a given day. 
That's amazing to hear. And definitely seems like it's really beneficial. I love the fact that you talked about, you know, some of those things that can make a, a more immediate impact on the organization um, really as being areas where you're keen to focus and still still invest to make sure that patient care is, um, you know, quality in, in moving forward. And before we wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to get your thoughts too on Looking ahead into the future, as healthcare evolves and as technology evolves too, where do you see some of the biggest opportunities for growth and development, whether it's for yourself as CIO or the teams you work with in the organization at large? So AI is obviously, um, it's a buzzword, but it's a buzzword that does have some meat behind it that is really bringing um, improved value. And I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg on what that's going to do uh, for advancing care and helping our caregivers and providing higher quality care to our patients. And one of the things that we're working on is an education series around what the heck is AI? How can we de- demystify, um, you know, what that actually is? Because it's a pretty complex um, set of systems to bring something together. And it is kind of hard for people to relate to. Um, and they, there's a lot of assumptions that are there that maybe um, aren't quite accurate. So we're working with the local university to provide an education series to our caregivers um, so where they understand, you know, kind of the what's been involved in developing um, this particular algorithm, what data set was it trained on, so I know whether that relates directly to the patient that I'm um, that's sitting right in front of me, um, or do I need to look at it through a different lens because I know it has a particular bias to it? Um, so talking the in providing education that helps them understand how the technology works is going to increase the adoption um, of those solutions because they're going to be able to trust them sooner or they're going to be able to at least ask questions and interrogate them sooner. And the better educated that we can have our caregivers on how some of that technology works and how the quality of remote patient monitoring works. And yes, we can send you home earlier and still have really, really close eyes on you to know um, if there would happen to be something that we need to intervene on. Then the caregivers, when they understand how that all works, they can have that trust conversation with the patient. And at the end of the day, that's what that's what we want to be able to, to have all of this boil down to is the patient's feels because they're interacting with Stanford and we've been able to adopt some of these new technologies they're getting better care. They're having a better experience. The quality and the outcomes are better. And that communication to them starts with us education, uh, educating our caregivers. I love it. I, I think that's such a great idea. And what an interesting way to make sure you uh, are on the same page with all of the caregivers and um, really bring them into a space where they're comfortable with the technology and using it in their daily practice yep. and working with patients. That's awesome. Exactly. Brad, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been really a fun and an interesting conversation. Um, and I'm excited to have you as well joining our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I think all of these themes we talked about today from uh, the digital technologies to AI and more um, will really be a big part of what we'll um, be going over there within the discussion. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be great to have you there. Yeah, thanks, Laura. I look forward to that event. Um, I think it'll be a a great opportunity to just continue this conversation because it's changing every day. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. 
help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.